Welcome, everybody. We are so glad that you have joined us. And I want to tell you about something right up front before we dive into what we're going to talk about that we have made available to you that we think will add value to your experience as we go through this series and beyond. Uh, we notice as a staff uh, dealing with the reality of death in a lot of people's lives that, that we walk through so many end-of-life situations with people. And unfortunately, a lot of times, not only are people caught by surprise, they're caught unprepared. And so we put together uh, what, for lack of a better way, this is not creative title, just an end-of-life checklist to make available to you uh, a, a list of things that you can kind of go through and make sure that you've talked about and that you've taken care of and that you've got in order before, you know, your time has, has come. And you might be thinking, well, I got time for that. And yeah, yeah, you, you think, right? You think. And um, I mean, I, I think immediately of the, of the precious family who's today, we'll be doing a memorial service this afternoon for a lady who in our church who was getting ready for church last Sunday and passed away. Um, just like suddenly, boom, and, and, and it's like, wow, this can happen to anybody at any time. And so we have an end-of-life checklist that you can access through our website right there on the homepage where you can see info about this series. You can go to our app, and when you click Learn More, you can find it there, or you can scan if you're uh, in one of our locations, you can scan the QR code on the back of the seat pocket in front of you and go to the latest and that's where you find the most up-to-date stuff, and you'll find the end-of-life checklist on a rainy day this winter sometime. If you want to, just wait. We have got nothing else to do. Just pull that list up and say, okay, all right, got to talk through this. Yeah, super fun, right? But here's the deal. At the end of your life, if you have talked through this stuff and prepared this stuff ahead of time, it's one of the most loving things you can do for your loved ones. Because when I meet with a family and they go, oh yeah, we've talked about all this, here's what she wants, here's what they want, here's what we're ready to roll, and it just is so helpful. Because the truth is we're all closer to death than we think we are. In fact, logically speaking, it is a fact. You are closer to death right now than you've ever been. And if you don't believe me, just think about that one, okay? And sometimes things happen that just kind of make you go, oh, wow, wow, wow. I remember when I go back in my life, and I was nine years old, and I had one of my first like, experiences where I was like, <gasps> death, you know, kind of thing. And I'm nine, year old, uh, nine years old, and my job for if first time, nine years old, first job I had, is that a local church paid me to mow the cemetery. Yeah, and this is not like a little graveyard out back kind of thing. This is four or five acres, took me all day. But they gave me a big riding lawnmower, big John Deere. I'm nine years old, and I'm on this, you know, thousands of dollars equipment. And they just, yeah, and paid me, I think it was $20, $25 a week to do that. And I was rolling in it. Nine years old, it's just great. I remember I was mowing uh, through the summer, that first summer, and we had a rainy spell, and I think it was a tropical storm that came through too. And it was like I was going on two weeks without being able to mow this cemetery. And in the heat of the summer in the south, and it just rain, 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 rain. I mean, it was getting up high kind of thing, and not, probably not that high. That's like hay, but, you know, high, high. And so finally, I, I, it, was, it stopped raining for like, you know, just a day, but the ground was saturated. 
So I'm mowing, doing the best I can mowing. And, and I had figured out yeah, that fresh graves, you know, were kind of soft. Kind of, you had to be careful and all that. But I'm, I'm mowing along, I'm mowing along. And I come up on old man Bumgarner's grave. And I know that. You'll know why I know that in a minute. Bumgarner. There were lots of Bumgarners in, in that cemetery. But um, I come up on it and, and you know, I'm kind of easing up. And the front wheels just give a little give. And I'm like, because, yeah, we'd had a lot of rain. But evidently, we'd had so much rain that this fresh grave, fresh grave, and just having new grass come up on it, evidently, with all the rain, had washed out underneath it. And I couldn't tell. But when the back wheels hit, boom. I mean, I was vertical. I was vertical in this fresh grave, nine years old, and I think I saw the casket. I think. I don't know how I got out, but I was out, and before I knew it, I was running as fast as I could, you know, just away, looking back, and all I could see is the front tires. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This is one of those moments where I'm like, death, the reality of death. It could happen anytime. So the next time you're mowing, cemetery in your neighborhood, in its fresh graves. You, you got to be careful, that kind of stuff. And at the end of life, like we talked about last week, there's a couple of things when you get to that moment of death or when you get close to death, and for the people that celebrate your life after your death, there's just a couple of things that are really going to count. Everything else is peripheral, just small details. Here's the two biggies. We saw this last week. Your relationship with God and how you treated other people. And if that intrigues you, and if you want to know more and you weren't here last week, go back and watch last week, then you'll have the bigger context for it. But how you treat others and your relationship with God is pretty much it. And so today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this first one. Next week we'll unpack this one a little bit more. But let's talk about your relationship with God. Because here's the interesting thing. Death makes us think about God. It just does. I mean, you get somebody to the point of death, and, and they get really religious and spiritual a whole lot more than they've ever been in their life. And this is interesting to me because I see this whether people think they're religious or not, whether they call themselves a Christian or not, whether they, even, even people who say, yeah, I'm not spiritual, I'm not, well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, and I'm not even sure if I believe in God and all that. It's very interesting how interested they get at the end of life in the things of God. That's why chaplains have jobs in the hospitals. You realize that, right? I mean, ultimately, that's why chaplains exist in a hospital. And I, I'm generalizing here, but I know a lot of them. I have some chaplains in my family, and, and that's basically, that's the lion's share of, of the focus. There. And people are at the end of life and, and life-threatening situations. They want to talk to someone who has a connection to the man upstairs. And yeah, if, you, if you're a Catholic, that's what last rites are about. For me, as a pastor, that's why throughout the years, 28 years of doing this, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a call, a text, Pastor, can you come pray with my mom, my dad, my husband, my wife? Pastor, we need you. So-and-so is about to die. I'm like, why do you need me? Like, what? I can't. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I can't. I can't. Like, what? what about, and I get it. I get it. I get it. And, and, and some of, that's just part, part of the deal, but... Because people get really interested about God, really interested in spiritual things, don't they? Death just makes you think about it. And I, as a pastor, I'm like, why wait? Why wait until you're dying? If we know that, right? If that's not a surprise to us, 
If we know that, yeah, I got to make sure my, my, you know, my, my heart's in order, my house is in order, my affairs are in order, and all those things that need to get in order, even for people who don't like order, you do when you're getting ready to die. One of those things is like, I'm going to think about God. Why? Why wait then? If we know it's going to be like that, then why put that off? And that's why in church circles, death is often talked about. That's why pastors and preachers and teachers and people like me in environments like this throughout the years talk about death probably more than in any other environment. And I will say that death is the ultimate motivator. And unfortunately, it's kind of taken to an extreme in some church circles, like in the churches I grew up in. I mean, it was like every Sunday, like if you were to die today, I'm like that's what you said last week. And next week, if you were to die today, if you were to die today, it was like, that was it. That was like the ultimate bargaining chip for everything. No matter what they were talking about, it's like death, you know, makes it very. And so some of you are going, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why I prayed the sinner's prayer. Years ago, I was in a, I was in a church situation and you're saying, I, yeah, the, what if you were to die tonight? And I'm like, oh, you're right. It could happen because I like, I pray me, you know, pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake. You know, that prayer kind of thing. Oh, it can happen. So I prayed the sinner's prayer, pastor. You just need to know I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I prayed the sinner's prayer. And you know, that prayer that the pastor said, repeat after me. And some of you are like, yeah, I got that prayer memorized. I say it every Monday or before I, you know, yeah, every time, every, every time I take a COVID test or every, every time I get a little nervous about life, you know, I don't, cause I'm just want to make sure I just want to make sure I'm good to go. I want to make sure that no matter what happens that I've checked that box and I'm and that's an okay thing. I understand why people are concerned about that, even though the sinner's prayer is not found anywhere in the Bible. Anywhere? Anywhere? We totally just made that up. We, meaning uh, church people, preachers, teachers, somewhere years ago. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just not a Bible thing, necessarily. But I do want to help you understand that it's really not about just saying a prayer. That... Faith in Jesus affects all of life, not just the end of life. The faith in Jesus is not just a death thing, it's a life thing. That, that if you wait till the end of your life to focus on these things, you're going to be greatly disappointed in what you didn't deal with till then. And what if you don't realize you're at the end of your life? Like, What if you have no idea that the next breath is your last? Yeah, that, that's why, that's why this is so monumentally important. So what I want to do is go back to one of the key passages that, that I talk about this passage in almost every funeral situation that, that in memorial service that I do. And so I think it's just appropriate to go back to this and kind of talk through it because this is one of the classic passages we find in the New Testament where Paul is writing to a group of Christians who are considering these things and he wants them to understand these things and he begins by talking about death, but he doesn't stop there. In fact, he only talks about death so he can get to the part where he wants them to really focus and that's life, here and now. And so this is what Paul writes. Paul says, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, Paul's right there, a lot of people don't realize this, but Paul, the apostle, his side business, he was a tent maker. A tent maker. He made tents. Way before Coleman and way before all yeah, it was it was Paul. If you had one of Paul's tents, I mean, I heard there were great ones. Not really, I just, I'm sure they were. But this is why he makes this reference. When this earthly tent, this earthly tent is taken down, this is an analogy, this is a symbol. 
what's he talking about? He defines it. He says that is when we die, right? When we die. Talking about our bodies being this earthly tent. When we die and leave this earthly body, watch this. We will have a house in heaven. Now, immediately you would go, oh, yeah, mansion. Woohoo! Yeah, streets of gold, baby. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Now, now here's the deal. That's not what he's talking about because he tells us what he's talking about. You will have a house in heaven, comma, and he's going to tell you what he means, an eternal body. So he's not really talking about a place here, even though there, there is a place reality, and we'll get to that later. He's talking about a person. He's not talking about a place. He's talking about people, like me and you, an eternal body made for us by God himself, and not by human hands. You, know, you remember that the next time you look in the mirror, and you're like, man, I need a new body. Well, you could get one. It's, it's in the works, all right? I, I'm, I'm just telling you. Then he goes on. We're fully confident, though. We would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So what's, what's he saying? What's he, what's he getting at here? Now, he said, okay, you're going to die, and when you die, you're, you'll have an eternal body. He's talking to followers of Jesus here, talking to Christians. You'll have an eternal body. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know that this is not the end, that death is not the end, that I don't have to fear death. And Paul said, I, I'm so confident in this that sometimes I just long for it. And I'm like, let's make this happen. Come on, come on, come on, Jesus. Let's do this. Earth, eternal body, I, I mean, I, I'm ready. Earthly body, I am tired of this world. I am, I'm, I'm like done, right? If you don't think you're done, there's an election cycle coming up. Yeah, one more commercial. I'm done. These people are so mean to each other. Everybody just, ah, oh, they're awful. They're awful. They're awful. Vote for me. Like, and that's just politics. And then we got so many problems in life. Paul says, I look around and I'm just like, I long to be away from this body and with the Lord. Interesting how he described what after death was like. When he described after death, he didn't say, I can't wait to, to leave this body and go live in heaven in a perfect place. That wasn't what his focus was. His focus was, I want to be away from this body so I can be with someone, with the Lord, with Jesus. Now, here's the deal. We know very little about what we call heaven. We know very little about it. The Bible doesn't say a whole lot about it, but we do know this. We do know this, that when we leave our earthly bodies here, we are with the Lord. And this is the way I look at it as a pastor. Wherever Jesus is, that's heaven. You're with Jesus, right? Physically, like, like literally with Jesus. That's heaven to me. And Paul said, that is, that is what will happen. We will be with the Lord. And sometimes I long for it so much. Then he finishes this he says, so here's the point. The bottom line is whether we're here in this body or away from this body. So whether we're living on earth or we're dead and away from this body, our goal is to please him. It's a Jesus focused thing, whether I'm alive or dead. It's a Jesus focused thing when I'm dead, but it's a Jesus focused thing now. And then he says, for we must all stand before Jesus Christ to be judged. In other words, that's where we're going. That's where this is headed. And so whether, since that's where it's going, I, this matters now. Whether, okay, sometimes I want it to come fast and sometimes, oh no, I'm not ready. The point he's making here is this. That faith in Jesus, 
is foundational for life, not just death. See, everybody wants to make it foundational for death. Automatically, that's going to happen. Oh, no. I just got a bad report from the doctor. Oh, no. I only have you know, months and, and we, or weeks left. Oh, oh no. There's a tragedy. There's an accident. We don't know if I'm going to make it. Oh, no. I got to really get serious about my relationship with God. And Paul's trying to help people understand. And he'll, and he'll unpack it just a little bit more in just a second. So hang with me. He said, it's not just about death. Whether we're dead or whether we're alive, it's about Jesus. Like it or not, believe it or not, it's about Jesus. Faith is foundational, not just for death, but for life. And if you wait till death to make it foundational in your life, you have many regrets. It's too important to wait, too important to put that off. Get serious about it right now. Now, there are many reasons why people call themselves an atheist. There are many reasons, and I, and I realize that. And, and some of them are very personal, and some of them involve a lot of pain and past disappointment and things. But one of the primary reasons why people choose atheism to reject the idea and the reality of the existence of God is, is this right here what we're talking about. is the fact that, what, we're going to all answer? Christians believe that we all answer to God, the God who created, they believe God created everything and then at the end of life we will answer to him somehow. One of the driving philosophical reasons for atheism is to explain away God's existence so that at the end of life, I don't have to answer to anybody. Just whatever I want to do, right? So if I can explain God away, then at the end of life, I don't have to answer to anybody because he doesn't exist. And so whether you like it or not or believe it or not, this is the context of not just your death, but this is the context of life. And you better have more than a prayer you prayed. That's all I'm saying. You're going to want to have a whole lot more than say, yeah, I prayed that, that sinner's prayer. I said that. I said that. Yeah, I said it. I remember saying it. Yeah, I checked that box. I'm good to go just in case I die, just in case I croak, just in case something bad happens. Preacher, you need to know I'm all ready to go. I prayed that prayer. Mm, it's more than a prayer. And it's not circumstantial. It's foundational. It's anything but circumstantial. It's not one of these things you're in and out of, in and out of. It's an all of life thing. Now, sometimes circumstances can wake you up to that reality. Sometimes you can be mowing, and then all of a sudden you roll over a grave and boom, you're in it. You're like, it's not what I had in mind. Yeah, sometimes you're driving down the road and, and yeah, that near death experience that you feel like you just had, that could have been so bad. Had I been a second sooner or later, I'd have gotten T-boned in that intersection. Oh, had I not had the test when I had it, just, just months later, the cancer would have been so much more progressed and I, I, I barely escaped, barely escaped this one. Okay, yeah, sometimes circumstances, circumstances can wake you up, but don't wait till then. It is foundational. Paul goes on. So since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we, have died to our old life. Again, he, now he's helping them understand that, that this whole thing about you know, following Jesus this is not just something for death. This is something for this life. And he was saying, we believe Jesus died for us so that we, in a sense, can die to our old way of living. And then he impacts this a little bit more. He says, Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, here it is, here it is, will no longer live for themselves. He's talking about this life right now, your life today, this week, like now, today. That Jesus died, get this, 
The point of Jesus's death was not just so you could pray a prayer and get out of here to go to heaven one day. Just, just, yeah, yeah. That is not the big picture of why Jesus gave his life. Jesus gave his life for us so that through faith in him, we no longer have to live for ourselves. Now, now yeah, you fast forward and, and, and keep that going. Yeah, does that impact your eternity? Darn tootin' it does. Absolutely it does. Absolutely, 100%. But it starts here and now. It's not just going to a place. It's, it's about a person. Hang with me on this. No longer live for themselves. So many people are living for themselves. That's our default setting. Without Jesus, we end up living for ourselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. That's why, was, that's why he died and was raised for them. That's why he died and was raised for us, so that we could live a life not for ourselves, but for him. And he goes and says it like this. This means, I love Paul, because he keeps defining what he's saying. Clear and clear and clear. This means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You know, he, he didn't say anyone who belongs to Christ, they're just getting ready for heaven. That's all it is. It's just all it is, right? You just pray that prayer so you're good to go. No, he said, they're a new person. Here and now, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. A new life has begun. Here and now, people think new life is about after death. No, listen very carefully. New life in Christ is about now. It starts here and now. Now, the good thing is, the cool thing is, death can't stop it. Death doesn't shut it down. It goes on forever, but it starts here and now. It's foundational for this life, not just for the next one. This is called the new creation in us. We become a part of the new creation. He makes us into a new person. He begins to transform us. Paul talks about in other places how we are renewed and transformed in our thinking and in our mind and in our choices and in our living. It's not a one and done kind of thing. It's an ongoing kind of thing. It's about trusting Jesus and following Jesus. And the I-N-G could not be more significant in those words. You're trusting in Jesus. That's why, that's why I'm not a big fan of that sinner's prayer thing. When you talk to someone about their relationship with God, says, yeah, I prayed, past tense, that prayer back then. I said, past tense, that, so I'm good to go. I'm like, no, you're missing the whole thing, dude. This is, this is an ongoing deal. Trusting, following, it is a present tense thing. The, being a part of the new creation is so much more than a prayer you prayed or said way back then. There are a lot of people who've prayed prayers and special prayers and they miss this. They completely miss this and they'll get to the end of life and have missed this whole, what this whole thing is really about. They prayed a prayer though. A prayer that you're not going to find Jesus. Nowhere, nowhere did Jesus say, hey, just repeat after me. Mm -mm. It's bigger than that. And there are a lot of people that have never heard of a prayer to pray. Some of you are like, there's a prayer? I missed that. Okay, no, 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 you're fine. Because it's never about a prayer anyway. It's foundational for all of life. Let me put it to you like this. Here's the question I like to ask people that brings it to the moment right now. 
Faith is foundational for all of life. And people, all throughout the years, people are like, yeah, I prayed that prayer way back then and I think, I, I think I'm in it. I'm not sure. Maybe I left out a word. Okay, what if, I, what if I wasn't sincere? Okay, what if I didn't feel the right thing? I didn't cry. You're supposed to cry. I didn't cry. I'm not a crier. And you know, that, that kind of thing. I'm not quite sure. You know, I didn't feel. Was I, so feel, you know, did I feel what I was supposed to feel and all that? And people deal with doubts and questions and fears and all that. So I just bottom line it. Here we go. Who or what are you trusting and following now? Are you trusting and following Jesus now, today? This settles it right here. This settles it. It always settles it. This always, this is the bottom line right here. Who are you trusting in right now? Who are you following right now? You say, well, I'm trusting in Jesus. I'm learning what it means to trust in Jesus and follow Jesus to the best of my ability. I'm learning more and more what it means to trust him. And I'm learning more and more about what it means to follow him. And, and I'm, uh, to the best of my ability, the best of my understanding, and I'm constantly learning and understanding more, but I'm trusting and following Jesus. Then case closed. But that ain't a past tense thing. That's an ongoing thing, an everyday kind of thing, a foundational kind of thing, a contextual kind of thing. Or let me say it like this. I think this brings the whole thing together. Faith in Jesus is not just about a journey to somewhere, but more of a journey with someone. Faith in Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, is not just about a journey to somewhere, going to heaven when you die. Now here's the deal. There is a somewhere, and that somewhere involves here too. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. We just know we will be with Jesus and wherever Jesus is, that's heaven. That will be heaven and it's going to be incredible more than we have language for even now. But that's not why Jesus died. Jesus didn't die just for you to get the heck out of here and get to heaven as soon as possible. That's a bonus. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Heaven's going to be great. But it's about a journey with someone. See, that's what Paul said. Paul says, I want to be with the Lord. Then he goes on and says, but that starts now. I'm a new creation in Jesus. The old life is fading away. The new life is being recreated in me. It was never meant to be about a place. It was always meant to be about a person. And that is foundational for all of life. My question to you is to consider this. Your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus, have you always just kind of thought about it in terms of, yeah, I just, I'm going to heaven. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I know, but have you given thought to where you are? Because there's something happening right here and now that you've been invited into to be with, for Jesus to be with you. And if you boil this down, and yeah, yeah, I'm a church going, yeah, I just want to make sure that, mm-hmm, no, you're, you're missing it. You're missing it. It's so much bigger and better than that. Let me ask you this way. What's the foundation of your life? What's the foundation of your life for your decisions, for your choices? What's the foundation of your life when you face problems? What's the foundation of your life when it comes to money, when it comes to your job, when it comes to your marriage and your relationship with your family and friends? What's the foundation for all of that? It's meant to be faith in Jesus and trusting and following Jesus affects all of that. You don't get to pick and choose. See, that's what people try to do. They compartmentalize. You say, well, I got this life and I got the stuff I got to do. And then, yeah, I prayed that prayer so that when I die, then I'll get to the Jesus stuff. No, 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 You're missing it. The Jesus stuff starts here and now and affects all the other stuff. There isn't any other stuff 
that's not affected by the Jesus stuff. Right? Jesus is Lord, and he's Lord of all. You don't get to pick and choose. And so this is foundational. Now, we have things called spiritual disciplines. It's a fancy word for saying um, good practices that keep us focused, like you know, reading the scriptures, reading the Bible, prayer, attending church, right? serving, volunteering, giving. All these things are so important. You know one of the reasons why they're so important? Because they help keep us focused on the fact that faith in Jesus is not just about going to somewhere one day. It's about being with someone right here and now and having someone with you right here and now. And here's the deal. When you face problems, you know what's going to get you through your problem? Better than just thinking, well, one day this problem will be over and I'll be in heaven. I ain't got no problems no more. Okay, that, that's fine. That's great. But you know what will get you through your problems better than going to a place somewhere, somewhere out there? Right? You know what's better than going to a place somewhere when you're facing problems? Knowing somebody's with you here and now. To journey with you. To get you through it now. Now here's what's fascinating to me as a pastor. At the end of life, everything I've just talked about in the last, mm, I don't know, 29 minutes or so will be very, very clear to you and you will care a whole lot about it. If you know you're at the end of life, at the end of life. And, and when you die, when you die, those who love you and those you loved who will be gathering around your grave, gathering to memorialize you and to celebrate your life, this, this all that we're talking about right now will, will be monumentally important and clear. At death, all this stuff gets really clear. So my question is, why don't we just clarify now? Makes me think of Scrooge, because Christmas, you know, Christmas is coming. I, I, you should be decorating by now. <laughs> Just saying. That's what Instagram says. <laughs> Scrooge. You know the story, right? I mean, we've known his kids. What brings his life into focus? The reality of his death. And, well, could the ghosts probably help too, but I, I, I ain't got that for you. I can't, I can't. When, when Scrooge had to deal with the reality of death that made him reconsider his life. So as a pastor, I'm, I'm just like, we got a church full of people who know this. I, I know that most of you know what I'm saying is true. And I would go so far as to say most of you believe it is true then why in the world do we still miss this stuff? And we just boil it down to a prayer we prayed way back when, and I'm good to go, I'm good to go. Now I can get on with life. Now I can get on with my business. Now I can get on with living and doing and having fun and going on vacations and all that other stuff because I checked that box and I got to worry about that. And I know, I know, me and God are good. We're good, we're good. And, and we'll, hmm. Here's why I think it. I think people look at their life and they go, I got time. I got time. Except, do you? Just because you're young doesn't mean you got time. And, and here's the deal. No matter how old you are, you're too young to die, right? 
what we all think. And, and we're just distracted with so many lesser things. A lot of things that are still very important and significant. I mean, jobs, got to have one. Bills, got to pay them. Problems, got to figure out what to do. You got to solve them. Kids, you got to raise them. You just fill in the blank. A lot of important stuff in life. But so many of the things we get so laser locked in on are lesser things. Lesser important things. And since faith in Jesus is what will matter at death, 100% of the time, it's going to be what matters at death. And why not make it matter for life? Because here's the deal. You don't know when you're going to die. But you know you're alive right now. You don't know when you're going to die, but you're here now. You don't know when death is coming, but you got today. And at least for right now, you got tomorrow. And at least for right now, you've got this coming week. Why not make all of this foundational? Because it is right here and now. So are you trusting Jesus? You say, well, I think so. How do I know? What? Are you trusting Jesus as your Savior? Not in your own goodness, not in your own trying to you know, figure it out, but the fact that you realize that he did for you what you could not do for yourself and gave his life for your sin and mine to connect us with the God who loves us so much he sent his son to prove it. Say, I believe that. I do believe that. I do. I do believe that, and I... I mean, yeah, that's, that's my only hope. Then great. Tell him. So what do I say? I'm not going to tell you what to say. Put in your own words. I'll give you, there's no special words. There's no prayer to well, you'd say this, repeat after me, because then you'll get laser locked in on the prayer. Did I say it? Did I hear him right? Was there the the or the uh or the did he um? That, that, I got to get it right. Nope. Just tell him. He knows your heart. He's listening. Let me ask you another question. Are you following Jesus? Not, it's not a circumstantial thing, like in and out, in and out, you know, when times are good, when times are bad. No, it's a contextual. It's all of life. Are you following Jesus today? What's the foundation of your life today? Being with Jesus, knowing Jesus is with you. Not just saying, well, I'm going to do my own thing, and I got my priorities straight. I prayed that prayer, and when I'm dead, I'm, no, you're, you're missing what this thing is about. And you, will, you will wish that you would have acknowledged how foundational following, trusting and following Jesus is for this life. For this life. Because this is new life. It's where it starts. Now this ain't all of it. <laughs> Whew. Aren't we glad? Paul said it ain't over and sometimes I want to fast forward just to be with Jesus and I'm just like, can we get to the good, the best part? Jesus, where we're together and it's like, that's coming, that's coming. But right now God wants to do a work in us and a work with us and a work around us and we are a part of the new creation through Jesus. That's foundational. One day it will become monumentally clear to you. Let's not wait till then. Our Father, we thank you for the sobering reminder of what matters most. In a world where a lot of things are important, Father, help us to not assume we got more time to deal with this and not to give our lives to lesser important things. And help us to not 
take what you did on the cross and boil it down to some like magical prayer that if we just say these words, you, what you died for was so much bigger than that. You didn't die and rise again just to get us off of earth and get us to a place called heaven when we die. If that was the case, when we put our faith in you, you could have just taken us right then. But we are here now, today, because your new creation is going to work in us, recreating us making us a new person, the old life dying off and the new life springing up. Lord, help us to learn what it means to be with you here and now, not just when we're dead and gone. Help us to know what it's like for you to be with us. Everything changes when that is foundational. We thank you for this reality. In Jesus' name, amen.